Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Exploring R podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative and curious. I'm your host, Louis, and I'm very pleased to have Janine and Rashid joining us in today's episode. Hi. Hello, and welcome to the Exploring R podcast. Hey, so uh, the case we're going to discuss in this episode is the infamous The Caller of Pittsburgh. Just to start, in 1958, Alexander Calder's mobile, Pittsburgh, was donated by a private collector to Allegheny County in Pennsylvania for an installation in the Greater Pittsburgh International Airport. The mobile was originally black and white, but when it was installed, it was painted green and gold, which is the official colors for Allegheny County. Calder protested against the coloring of his work but the art was not restored to black and white during his lifetime. Having already relinquished ownership of the work when it was sold to the collector, did Calder as the creator of the work still have a right to insist that it not to be altered? Even if he did not, was it wrong for Albany County to alter the artwork against his wishes? Could we say that the artwork itself had a right to not be altered regardless of whatever rights Calder or Albany County might have had. I don't think we can even address the case study without some additional context. We're missing some crucial information here. Like, I have no idea who this Alexander Calder guy is and what even is Pittsburgh? Born 1898 in Lawton, Pennsylvania, Alexander Calder was an artist from birth having a mother who was a painter and a father who was a sculptor. Initially, Calder didn't intend to become an artist. He attended Stevens Institute of Technology and graduated in 1919. So wait, you're saying he went to a technology school? How did he even end up becoming an artist or a sculptor? Four years after he attended the Stevens Institute of Technology, Calder finally decided to move to New York and join the Art Students League. Calder was also intrigued by the circus and made many pieces of art that were inspired by the circus, like Cirque Calder. It was 1931 when Calder in invented what's known as the mobile, which was his claim to fame. And this was the mobile Pittsburgh, right? What is it? The Pittsburgh is an innovative and groundbreaking work that was created in 1958 by Alexander Calder. To be specific, this work is a mobile that's composed of many fan-like blades that are connected by metal rods. When it was first created by Calder, it featured white fans with black rods to contrast it. After the piece got sold to a collector and donated to the Pittsburgh International Airport and went through changes. All right, so the changes that it went through were that the Allen County painted the mobile uh, in its country colors, right? Basically, yeah. Figureheads at the airport believe the painting, painting the mobile yellow and, red, and green would be beneficial so they could brandish Algany County's colors. This was widely considered an insult to Calder, who had designed and created the award-winning mobile. So he had talks with management at the airport and reached a settlement. Okay. Um, what sort of settlement is being referred to here? Did, like, did he ask for certain changes to be made to his work? Calder did request his work to be changed. One of his requests was for the mobile to be painted red, but the paint was used to use was diluted. So the Pittsburgh ended up being pink. 
To add to this, weights were added as well as a motor to bring the low-hanging piece further towards the ceiling, thus removing the mobility of his work. These changes enraged Calder, but after some time and changes of management, Calder was finally satisfied with all these changes to his piece, and Pittsburgh is now being stored in Albany County. So where is Albany County again? Allegheny County is one of many counties in the state of Pennsylvania. It can be found in the state's southwestern area with an impressive population of over a million people. Some of the major cities in Allegheny County are Pittsburgh and Monroeville. So where is Calder's work Pittsburgh displayed in the county? Pittsburgh is currently being displayed at the Greater Pittsburgh International Airport in its renowned art collection. The Greater Pittsburgh International Airport has an art collection? Yeah, and it's super cool. The Greater Pittsburgh International Airport's art collection is an assortment of various works of art made by local people to represent the region as a whole. The art collection's presence in an airport is meant to serve as a means to connect tourists and visitors to the culture of the people of Pittsburgh through the local people's art pieces. And Calder made other mobiles besides Pittsburgh? Yes, absolutely. Uh, as mentioned before, Alexander Calder was an artist that explored abstract art. He's known for making big sculptures with invisible meanings, such as a homage to Jerusalem. But it wasn't until Calder visited Pierre Mondrian in the, in the late 1930s that he was inspired by his artworks and claimed, when I look at his paintings, I feel the urge to make living paintings, uh, you know, shapes in motion. So two years later, uh, he finished his first mobile called Small Sphere and Heavy Sphere. And the reference can be seen if we look at Peacock in uh, 1941 or Ogunquit in 1946. If we see the uh, strictly, we can see the reference in Mondrian's work by these pieces containing the triad colors, which are red, yellow, and blue. Also, we can see it in the way they're spaced out in the, in the sculptures. Uh, basically, if it was a Mondrian uh, painting, the red, yellow, and blue squares separated into a blank space. But because they're moved with, with the wind, it's a motion picture. It's as well as the whole quote says, it's moving Mondrian's uh, paintings. Now, he, well, as I said before, he wanted them to be motorized and move around with the wind. Now, we can't say that Calder was the first, but it was because of his sculptures that the term mobile was given. You guys want to know a fun fact? Go for yeah. it. Sure. So the famous artist Marcel Duchamp was the one who inspired and suggested Calder's name, uh, his work, to be mobile because of the wind that moved them, as mentioned before. Now, if we were to dissect the history of hanging kinetic sculptures, the oldest available example of a hanging kinetic piece is the famous windshine. Windshine produce sound when wind hits them. And there's those things usually located in the front yards or backyards uh, that are small tubes made of metal with a wood piece in between that hits them. But these aren't built in a way to represent an artistic behavior, but meant to serve their purpose as a device. Now, if we go back to 1910, 
a visual artist by the name of Man Ray created an art piece called Obstruction using coat hangers, similar how to Calder would end up presenting his mobiles. This was almost 10 years before Calder even made his first mobile. So we can for sure say that Calder was the first person to create a mobile. Mm, maybe. Uh, Calder's work weren't easy to understand, and we shouldn't simplify the meaning behind his art. Calder's signature uh, work was abstract, and his mobiles represent a use of free space and the beauty of movement, the definition of physical uh, universe. You know, the man himself said that we, when he created these pieces, it's like if he, and uh, between quotes, he wanted to paint in the air. Now, Calder mobiles were small scare compared to other larger sculptures. Now, if we have to dive into the variation of rhythm, Calder did not have much change in the artworks. Uh, if we look at uh, mobiles such as the Constellation mobile and Boomerang, they're basically the same. It's like an inverted tree with branches hanging various type of things, squares, circles, and they're practically the same. Now, if uh, because of his work moves with the air, you can walk around. It's not like a singular painting. And you can see from other perspectives. And just because of it, the sculpture won't be the same anymore. Also, his use of tried colors uh, simply made the pieces, uh, and this is a personal opinion, beautiful to look. It's like if you're, we're looking at a really big fan that was a purpose to entertain you. And as again, these uh, trial colors was an homage to Mondrian and his works. So what happened to the rest of Calder's mobiles? Where are they currently? So, and uh, most of the mobiles are in the Calder Foundation in New York, uh, about 162 pieces. For anyone interested in his work, I recommend visiting because almost all of his pieces are presented together in one singular place, you know, kind of like a family. And it's perfect uh, for any people that wants to do a project, basically, or his, all his live work, it's in one place. Now, some of Calder's mobiles are owned for private collections by people who bought them. Even though I searched pretty hard on the internet, I only found that this piece called Fish 1942 is owned by a couple called of John and Kim Shirley. And well, wherever they are, they hit a good piece for their home. But after that, I wasn't able to find uh, any other person who owned any other piece. Now, I personally think, you know, it's kind of cool because it's, well, I'm thinking, oh, who might have a Calder work in their living room? Perhaps a small amount, given that uh, a Calder mobile can peak its price at $2 million. And, uh, well, in other generous cases for the, uh, well, we have an example of the McCausland mobile. Its previous owners were Mrs. and Mrs. Claus, who then decided to donate it to the National Gallery of Art located in Washington, D.C. And I have to give credit to the calderfoundation.org for all this information. It's nice that his art isn't hard to find and is accessible to a large group. I'm kind of interested in seeing more of his pieces. Yeah, I know, right? Um, it's, it's, it's really beautiful to look at them. Uh, now, on to solving the case study, let's get into the important questions now that the context of the situation has been provided. 
Did Calder, as a creator of the work, still have a right to insist and not to be altered, having already relinquished ownership of the work when it was sold to the collector? I'd say that. Calder deserved to have the right to intervene in any changes to his work because at the end of the day, it was his creation. Though he relinquished ownership of the work, the work itself was intended to deliver Calder's message. If it were to be changed, the interpretation of the piece would have differed from its original intended point. Thus, he does have the right to speak out against the alteration of his work. Mm, well, you know, I believe Calder did have the right to insist that his work not to be altered because he wanted to preserve the view of his piece, but uh, because he sold to someone else, the new owner can do whatever they want because it's their painting now. Uh, you know, being orthodox or not, uh, people usually just hang out a painting to preserve it or to decorate the, their living room. You know, it's not like you're gonna uh, alter a the Goya painting and then just put it in your environment just because you think it looks beautiful like that. If I'm yeah, not being really honest, Calder didn't really have a right to say that it shouldn't be altered, at least after it was sold. I get that he's the artist that designed it, but at that moment, the art wasn't his. I believe he should have sold the piece saying that it shouldn't be revised, but it makes sense that he would assume it wouldn't be changed. Usually when a piece of art this scale is acquired, the last thing people think is, oh, I wish this could be read. In most cases, one acquires art to appreciate it in its current form. Okay, okay. Um, hypothetically speaking, even if he didn't have the right to insist his work remain unaltered, you think it was wrong for Allegheny County to alter the artwork against his wishes? Oh, absolutely. I think Allegheny County was completely out of line for altering Calder's work against his wishes both from the stance of an art appreciator and morally. Though the ownership of the piece had shifted from Calder to the county and the county had every legal right to alter it to whatever it wished, I think it might be considered an insult to Calder and the art community. From my experiences with it, the art community prides itself on both the preservation of pieces and the originality of art and its numerous varying messages. When the Allegheny County disregarded Calder's wishes to keep the art piece as originally created, it was as if Calder himself was being disrespected. Though the county had the legal right to alter the artwork, it was morally incorrect for it to do so. Really? Um, because I, in my opinion, given that the mobile is now theirs, they can do whatever they want with it and still stand on my view that uh, it might not be seen with good eyes, but it's theirs now, of course. Now, is the piece still a Calder mobile? Then no. The sculpture was altered by being painted, so it lost all the value, and now it's the Allegheny Mobile. And it could say on the present that it, because it was repainted and placed on the airport of Pittsburgh, perhaps it holds some value for the city. And it works an example of how a work can go through a cycle and represent different things. I get where you're coming from, but it's also like, if Leonardo da Vinci was to have sold his painting to the highest seller and it was altered from its original state, it'd kind of be like disrespecting him and his art. Tampering with another person's art in order to fit it into your own personal agenda is impertinent to the effort that the original artist put into it. Every artist uses art as a medium to deliver some sort of message. 
and their precision and specificity regarding their work to uh, serve to carry out that purpose of delivering the message. When Allegheny County molded Calder's art to serve its county pride, the message of the art's deliverance diverged from its original intention. A modern way to look at it is if you ordered something to be delivered to, let's say, your mom, and on the order's way to her house, the shipping service decided to change the order that she put in and sent something completely different. You'd feel wrong too. So that's why I believe that Allegheny County was wrong for its interception and dilution of Calder's message. I get you. Allegheny County shouldn't have edited Calder's piece without a green light from him, or at least without guidance first. This creation was the brainchild of Calder and should have stayed that way, how the architect saw fit. Changing the piece was something that should have solely been left to Calder. If management at the airport would have contacted him about their concerns with the art, he could have edited the piece in a way that keeps its essence while still striking off all the boxes for Allegheny County. I think changing the piece was a major overstep and was frankly disrespectful to Calder. The decision they made to alter the piece basically stated that the artist created that what the artist created wasn't to their liking. Yeah, now, could we say that the artwork itself had a right not to be altered? regardless of whatever rights Calder as in county might have had? Now, I know this might sound super out of place from my earlier statements, but no, I don't think that the art itself deserved any say in its alteration. The art piece itself, though emotion invoking, is not a sentient being. It literally doesn't have feelings. Thus, one can't say it had the right to have an opinion on its alteration or it wishes to remain unaltered. I believe Alexander Calder to have the sole authority in determining any changes or alterations to a work of art he dedicated time, effort, and creativity into. Allegheny County was just there to provide a source to display Calder's work. Well, you see, this is the first time, and I'm, I'm not sure if it has any precedence that an art piece is altered and it represents something different. As mentioned before, Pittsburgh was meant to be a gift, but because it was repainted to be part of the county, it simply became part of the city, you know, uh, part of Pittsburgh. Even if it lost all the value and meaning the artist wanted to have, you know, the piece ended up, as, as I said, it being Pittsburgh. Even if in art terms it's not like it, the purpose reaches goal. You know, and also to speak up is a subjective term, something that the artist wanted to uh, represent in a sculpture and what the public wanted to see or what the public wanted to uh, interpret the, the, the sculpture in. Even though this piece was a gift, I don't think the art should have been changed from what it was created. Calder had an idea and he brought it to life. Although he might have forfeited his right to change the art, it's still his creation. Altering the creation, even just by color or height, throws off the composition of the piece. A piece of art is the sum of all the small details that its creator decided to feature. Even changing the angle of a single wing while minute still affects its composition. For example, the height, one thing that was altered, which might not seem like a big detail, but affects the focus of the piece. I believe when you change the piece from what was originally intended, you're not taking the art for what it's meant to represent. Okay, so at least we 
all agree that it was wrong for Allegheny County to have changed it without consent. And you guys agree that they were allowed to do it because the ownership had been relinquished to them. While yes, I do agree that they had the legal rights to ownership over the art, but I would just argue that having the consideration to leave it as is would be to respect Calder's effort and creativity. By neglecting to regard Calder's feelings before the alteration, it was kind of like they spat in his face and said, your work is not enough. All I'm saying is that if I was Calder, I would feel hurt and as if my best wasn't sufficient enough for them. True, I understand what you mean. It does seem disrespectful to the person who spent hundreds of hours designing and building the piece. Well, um, it was good to have you guys today. Um, do you guys uh, think again that the, we, we came to a common ground with this topic? I think so. Completely, yeah. Yeah, well, it's a uh, it's various mean it's a uh, various meaning artists. So it, it, it's great we came into an agreement of what we feel it's the correct thing to do. And again, I know uh, I want to thank you for joining us today, Rashid and Janine. I really appreciate it. Uh, this should conclude today's episode of the Exploring Art podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Exploring Art podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or whatever you get a podcast from. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon and remember to stay creative and curious. Bye-bye.